What's going on, everybody? Welcome to uh, another episode of Speaker Mouth. I'm your host, Patrick. What's up, man? And uh, this is Chewy. Welcome Finally back, back, Chewy. Yeah, I know, man. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's been a while. Yeah, feels good, though. Feels good to be back. I know. You got to dust off the cobwebs. You ready? Mm-hmm. All right. You better be ready, because today we're going to get into a little flick called There Will Be Blood, uh, 2007's There Will Be Blood, uh, directed and written by Paul Thomas Anderson, who's also known for uh, directing a Punch Drunk Love, Punch Drunk Love, messed that one mm-hmm. up, and Boogie Nights. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, Boogie Nights. Yeah, um, that's two also good. I, I remember seeing Punch Drunk Love when it first came out. Uh, 2002. Um, no, I don't. I don't think I ever saw that one. I have seen. I've seen parts of uh, Boogie Nights. Oh, okay, all right, yeah. So we're split right there. Yeah. Um, but this movie you actually recommended to me. Uh, yeah. There will be blood. Yeah, this movie uh, is one of my favorites, dude. I, I don't remember when I saw it. I don't think I saw it the year it came out. It might have been like maybe sometime after, because that same year there was another. Uh, there was a lot of good movies that came out in 2000. Uh, Seven? Was it seven? Yeah, yeah, I think that's the same year that like Inglorious Bastards came out too. Oh shit! And um, a heavy hitter. Yeah, and I think at the time I didn't really. This movie maybe didn't appeal to me so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I saw it much later on, and yeah, I don't know. I was like, God damn, this is a fucking good ass movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you uh, when you mentioned this movie to me and, and you told me we wanted to do it on it, you had mentioned that it was uh, your your top five. Yeah, or ten, <laughs> five or ten. I don't know. I don't know if I could boil all of my favorite. You know. Yeah, it's, it's, tough. it's up there. It's, tough. Yeah, it's no, up there yeah. for sure. You're putting. Yeah, I would. I think I would put it in top ten easily. And I mean, I just got in. I, I've seen it three times since you, you told me to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. A two hours and 40 minute movie which, three times. Which was, which was what, like, like a week? No, yeah, like <laughs> about a week ago? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, yeah. You gave me like a week's notice. So I was just like, all right, cool, let's do it then. And I got into it. I saw it once and I was like, oh, man, I got to see this again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just to really uh, uh, take it all in. There's a lot to uh, unravel in this movie. Yeah, it's a lot of little things. And it's also a movie, I think, that kind of. Uh, like lingers in your mind a bit after you're done watching it mm-hmm. and then yeah. you sort of, just sort of think about certain parts and you're like, ah, like i gotta kind of rewatch that yeah yeah exactly um this movie stars daniel day lewis the great daniel day lewis yeah. as daniel plain plain view uh he's uh if you guys haven't seen gangs in new york that's another great movie he's a star of that one uh yeah and most recently he starred in lincoln 2012 no, he was, yeah, that he did Lincoln. He also did a movie called uh, Phantom Thread. I think the, I believe oh, that was that was most recent, huh? Yeah, I think that was his last movie. Then, then he kind of like, um, I think he, I think he retired. He said he's like done. Really? Yeah. So you yeah. probably won't be seeing him in the movie anytime soon. That's whack. All right. Well. <laughs> on a higher note. <laughs> like, oh, we, yeah. Well, damn. <laughs> Uh, way to bring me down but <laughs> movie also stars paul dano as uh paul and eli sunday they're twin brothers he plays both of them obviously and mm-hmm. dylan uh frazier 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 yeah 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 as hw the... he actually has a really cool story i don't know if you know uh, uh his son uh yeah he uh he's that was, this is like his first movie right yeah the 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 i i, I was reading uh, two different stories but more or less uh, one story I heard was uh, the casting director was pulled over by a traffic cop 
yeah. on, on the set and uh, they got the chit chatting and she recommended her son Dylan uh, to be in the movie. And I guess, I don't know, maybe she got out of the ticket or something, but I mean, yeah, he ended up, I know I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They picked him up and he didn't have, he didn't have a lot of lines in the movie, which no, I mean, they made him deaf <laughs> pretty sure for a reason. They're like, this guy's a horrible actor, but he got me out of a ticket. I know, right? They're just like, damn, like, what am I going to do? Pay this fine or yeah. pay the kid? <laughs> Come all the way back to Texas to pay this fucking ticket. But um, I think um, the mm-hmm. kid, he, for even though he doesn't really speak much, he's kind of, uh, I mean, he's not bad. He, he He's just a, a little boy, you know? Yeah, he's super young in the movie. Yeah. I'd put him at what, maybe like uh, 10, 11 maybe? Um, I say maybe, yeah. Nine or 10. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, great movie though. So let's go, let's get into this or uh, we'll get into this right now. Um, synopsis of the movie, just to uh, sum it up, because it is a really thick movie, um, slow yeah. burning movie. So this kind of like sums it up a little. A ruthless silver miner turned oil prospector, Daniel Plainview, moves to an oil-rich California, using his adopted son, H.W., to project a trustworthy family man image. Plainview cons local landowners into selling him their valuable properties for a pittance, which is sort of like a, uh, like a donation to the church. Yeah. However, local preacher Eli Sunday suspects Plainview's motives and intentions, starting a slow-burning feud that threatens both their lives. Mm-hmm. so that um yeah that, that kind of sums it up there's a lot there's a lot of uh there's another little side story you know with like his brother coming to town and stuff like that we'll get into that a little later yeah there's small little details mm-hmm. uh small small little like valleys that the movie goes through but the overall yeah you pretty much nailed it yeah 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 um opening weekend uh the movie clocked in at 190k uh for a budget of 25 million uh, oh, the the movie only uh, was only shown in, in two theaters the opening weekend. Oh shit! But yeah, they had a, a budget of twenty five million, and domestically, right now, currently, they're at forty million uh, in the U.S. and internationally, they made thirty five million for a, a worldwide sum total of seventy six million dollars. They made. Hey, there you go. There you again, bringing in the big bucks. <laughs> <laughs> we don't waste our money after all. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> It's uh no, I think a lot of that had to do like I, in two thousand seven. There was a there was a there was a lot of movies that came out that year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, they they went up against oh, um, kind of tying it into the the podcast uh, during the Oscars. I don't know which year that movie came out in. I think I have my notes here from the last from the first podcast we did, but they were up for like Best Picture against No Country for Old Men. Yeah, so that damn see that's another movie that was. The win against it. I don't know if they came out around the same time. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you, but... might, you might have to look that up, like opening weekend where the movie came out. But uh, but yeah, as you can see, like I don't know. I, don't, I think when you look at the whole year of the movies, that movie doesn't really stand out just kind of by the look of it or the title. Because mm-hmm. uh, I have it. I'm looking it up right now. Like even for Super Bad came out that year. Oh no way! Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I went to go see that instead of this movie. That's probably what happened. <laughs> yeah, Ratatouille came out that year. Oh, uh, damn. I Am Legend. That's three um, great ones. Into the Wild, Harry Potter, Five, Order of the Phoenix. All right, all right. Dang, all uh, that that year? So, so it has, yeah, all those movies right there. Man, um, imagine the, when they the li- Simpsons movie came out that year. 
Oof. B movie. Imagine when the like our our kids look back, uh, like in 2030, like if they're doing this, you know, looking back at the history of movies or whatever, and they're just like, "What happened in 2020, Dad? When uh, <laughs> no <laughs> movies came out?" <laughs> and you're just like, "Well, son." <laughs> Have a seat. <laughs> I know, right? Let me tell you about all the shows that we watched. <laughs> oh God, there was a you gotta tell your kid about the the, the feud going on between uh, movie theaters and uh, and fucking oh, production yeah. companies and stuff like that. <laughs> I know. Pretty much the, that year ruined the film industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. We're trying to keep it alive here, but um, yeah, I mean, talking about like uh, movies and theaters and stuff like that, man. Um, I don't know if you heard, but. AMC is actually uh, threatening to straight like bar Universal from showing their movies in any of their theaters. Yeah. Yeah, which kind of sucks, man. Uh, but I mean, uh, it's because a Universal decided to, well, they didn't decide to, it's because everything that's going on right now, they had yeah. to release uh, that new Trolls movie, Trolls World, to- World Tour, straight to streaming. Yeah. And um, I guess they saw like a good amount of money come in just for that, uh, just for that movie on the opening weekend. And now they're just like, oh well, since uh, we made a hundred million, a hundred million in, in three weeks, I mean, we can just release these movies straight to streaming, uh, streaming sites as well as movie theaters. So AMC's like, no, nah, that's not going to cut it, man. Um, no, because they, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know, I'm sure how much of a cut theaters get from movie tickets i think a lot of their money comes from the concession stand Mm -hmm. for like drinks and popcorn and candy and whatnot Mm -hmm. um so you know but the movie is the draw so they need the movie to bring that the people in there to to eat you know and buy these these things yeah um yeah i don't know it's it's weird i feel like they're like it may seem like a good thing to do now but i think in the long run if it might, they might end up just shooting themselves in the foot by trying to kind of, uh, you know, thinking they're holding out on Universal, but really it's not going to matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, going back to your, your first point, um, I got some numbers here. The, the, the first Trolls movie, when it was released, it grossed $154 million at the box office, but Universal only made $77 million. So it looks like, you, like Universal is taking exactly half of what, what uh what co- yeah of overall what comes in and the other half goes to the theater so huh. i mean uh yeah i mean amc's might be taking a big risk um jumping ahead of this and saying like we're not going to be showing your theaters or your movies in our in our theater anymore but they're going to be losing half of whatever they've been making yeah and um but we'll see how this ends up going because who knows if this could work for any kind of movie it may work for a trolls movie but it may not work for something that uh isn't so digital that may have a a whole cast of people or uh Mm -hmm. you know lots of hands involved yeah movies that are that are made for the big screen yeah exactly yeah i don't think i mean i at least don't want to go uh, opening weekend to see the new Quentin Tarantino film at my fucking living room. You know, yeah. I, I want to go yeah, see that, that on, the, on the big screen. I want to, I want to get that that 4K <laughs> or uh, it's like 8K or something. <laughs> yeah, like... whatever that is. Man. <laughs> but yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I've always been the movie person. I like the movies. I rather watch the movie in the theater mm-hmm. than uh, 
my house. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, it's on this, uh, there's it's benefits and trade offs, but you know, is the theater is a is a better ex- just overall experience. Oh, one hundred percent, man. Uh, it's uh, just expensive, I guess. Every now and then, that's like really the, <laughs> I think the drawback that actually does get kind of pricey. It yeah, get pricey. yeah, it can get pricey if you're taking uh, someone who wants to get popcorn and candy in the same fucking yeah, sitting. Which, <laughs> that's me. I, I do that too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> At least, at least, like popcorn, dude. Yeah. I don't know, it's hard. It's just, and then I eat it by like the time the movie starts. Oh my god, same, man. <laughs> same thing. I, the popcorn doesn't last. I, we do, we do two buckets between me and Karen. Then, oh, yeah. that's cool. So usually we share one, but because Stephanie's pretty good at. Oh no! Yeah, we like, share resisting. one, but we we refill twice for one movie. Oh, you get yeah, it back. we get one, <laughs> and then we'll we'll put some in that little tray they give us, and then yeah. by the time the movie starts, or right before you feel the movie's gonna come on, we're like, I right, go refill real quick, and then we'll get another refill, and then we'll sit down. Oh, nice. See? Oh, okay, you guys got it all planned out. Oh yeah, man, we're we're big time moviegoers. We're before before the the thing happened. Have you ever uh, <laughs> snuck in food like outside food? Yeah, yeah, we've done uh, chipotle burritos. We've done like. Uh, that family box at Del Taco, you know, we're like the 10 tacos, <laughs> 10 burritos. <laughs> Keep in mind, it's just us two. We don't have a family. <laughs> I just have a whole fucking... Where she put it, like, in her bag or something? Yeah, yeah. She puts it, like, in her, in her fucking beach bag. <laughs> I read... Uh, I can't remember where I read it, but there was, like, a story of some... Uh, some lady saying that her mom took she when she goes to the theater she takes her purse but she sneaks in a bag of wine in there oh damn <laughs> yeah and she puts kind of like this like uh sort of like a straw handle on it so she can kind of like drink from her purse Jeez. <laughs> everyone just hears a thing <laughs> yeah the, yeah that pop <laughs> um uh, there, there was this one time i remember it, i think i went to go see uh it wasn't a big movie i went to see like a dragon ball movie it was a uh, Super, some super movie, mm-hmm. and um, somebody took uh, they had like In and Out and like cheeseburgers, uh. <laughs> and uh, they also had like uh, chips, and then they pulled out like lemon and like chili. Jesus Christ! So you could like it was just dude, it's smell like you could smell. It just smells so good. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna say the opposite for some reason. That shit stunk up the entire theater. I mean, like... some people might have not liked it, but I smelled it. I was like, damn, man, like. I, you know, it's because I was at maybe because it was after I got off of work. Oh, okay. You're kind of <laughs> hungry still. Yeah, I was like, damn, that shit smells bomb. Let me just go watch this movie before I go out to eat real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was when I come out like late at night and a couple of my coworkers were like, you guys done watching? I was like, mm-hmm. all right. <laughs> That's funny, man. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, we'll try to keep you guys updated on the old AMC and old, well, now Regal too. AMC Regal versus uh, Universal Pictures. <laughs> yeah, see, I don't exactly, I don't know, I don't know how global or global, how, how wide, how big is like uh, Harkins Theater? Mm-hmm. You know, but I don't, I don't think they're doing anything like that. Nah, nah, I, I haven't heard anything on them, but, but so far it's the two major, the two major movie chains are, uh, are behind this. Are behind AMC. Yeah. Oh. Well, uh, we'll see how that goes. But um, uh, we could take a break right now, and then when we come back, man, we'll get into this movie. We'll get into some of the finer details, some of uh, our favorite scenes, and even some of the uh, behind the scenes of uh, what made this movie uh, the monster that it is today. All right. All right. Yeah. We'll be right back, guys. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, you're listening to Speaker Mouth. And... Yep. Uh, if you're just tuning in right now for some reason, we're doing a There Will Be Blood. 
If <laughs> <laughs> you just decided to skip ahead. Yeah, if your finger somehow slipped and skipped uh, about like 25, 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're just too lazy to rewind it. Well, here we are. <laughs> We're just starting it up, so you're just in time. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, uh, movie just... um. So right away when the movie starts up, I uh, just want to note that uh, the movie does take place in Marfa, Texas. That's Oh, not take place, sorry. The movie was filmed in Marfa, Texas, but it is uh, uh, take place in California at the yeah. turn of the century, uh, 1902 to be exact, uh, uh, during the oil rush. Yeah, 18, I, I think it starts at, well, right now it's 1898. Yeah, 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 there you okay. go, so... It'll start, yeah, the movie starts like in the late 1800s. And um, something we should note that um, the movie doesn't have any dialogue for about like the first 15 minutes. Um, no, it's just kind of uh, sort of just showing him live his, <laughs> his struggles that people used to live back in the day. Yeah, very lonely life you know as, I- a, as a silver miner. Yeah, and the one thing that's funny is, is it supposed to be a lonely life? Because you can't really trust people, right? And I kind of jump. Oh, no way you can trust people, man. Uh, there's there's a fat chance that if you have somebody with you, like you just hired somebody to uh, help you mine for silver, that when you're climbing up that ladder, they're going to shoot you. And you're going <laughs> to fall in the hole, and they're just going to take your gold. Or yeah. <laughs> and there's nothing any, anybody could have done uh, you know, back then in that time. No, nah, so I think it was just a safer bet to just go alone, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so uh, the beginning of the film is pretty interesting. I, I like it. Um, uh, they pretty much show uh, Daniel Plainview uh, mining for silver and uh, completely silent, all alone, and um, he he strikes gold, you know. And uh, as he's climbing down, he falls in this in the the huge well and breaks his leg. <laughs> Yeah, he, he he fucks it up pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, then if you're really thinking about it, it's eighteen late eighteen hundreds. You can't really do much. You're it's almost like a death sentence if you break your leg out in the desert. Yeah, any kind of uh, things we could probably take for granted today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, it, this is something that they don't really explain at all in the movie. Um, you kind of have to start off immediately paying attention but this movie deserves at least two views you gotta watch it and then you gotta watch it again mm-hmm. yeah um and maybe a little bit of knowledge of the kind of the time period i mean it's it's pretty visual like you see it and you're just kind of like wow it's must have been a hard life but it sometimes it's deeper than that like you don't think as he falls into the hole right now he's probably thinking like man i'm gonna die right now mm-hmm. um <laughs> yeah I mean, or anyone else probably, maybe not him, but because we know he makes it out, but a lot of people probably wouldn't even have survived that. No, no, but uh, Daniel Plainview is a different kind of human. As as the movie progresses, we start to see his character come out. He's a, he's a fighter, and he's going to do what it takes to get what he wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, um, oh, fun fact, uh, I, I think I mentioned it before, the film was uh, filmed in Marfa, Texas, but... Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson actually really wanted this film to be uh, shot in California. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a California guy. He lives in California, and it's a California story. But okay. um, he just couldn't seem to find anywhere that resembled California in 1902. 
in in current California. He went to Bakersfield. He said he scoured every inch of the high desert and everything, but he couldn't get an actual spot that didn't have a Burger King billboard in the way or something like that, you know? Oh, okay, it's all been already, like, mm-hmm. somewhat modernized and changed. Yeah, yeah, everything's been uh, taken over. Just, you can't find old... 1902 California anymore in any in any part so they were forced to actually go up north or uh sorry uh go out to Texas Marfa Texas and that's where this uh film uh, is shot hmm. yeah um another fun fact uh Paul Thomas Anderson uh was actually in Marfa Texas at the same time No Country for Old Men was being filmed and that was also being filmed at the same spot Oh, yeah, I think I read something about that, too, where they kind of somewhat crossed the uh, paths, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, the Cohen brothers and, and and Paul actually met up and and when he got out there. But they were kind of already wrapping up, and uh, Paul was in pre-production. Uh-huh. So um, it kind of worked out a little bit better. By the time those guys were out, where they were a little finishing up, uh, Paul was starting it up. But I heard that a lot of shots... Uh, a lot of uh, stunts that, that Paul did in, in the movie were actually messing up shots for the Coen brothers. Like uh, Dick Smoke was in the air and they couldn't shoot that day, you know, from like the, oh, the, the oil fire. fire. Yeah. Yeah, they were actually messed up a, a, a few shots for the Coen brothers. Damn, um, that's, but you know yeah. what? It's still like, uh, I mean, it's still a pretty great movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think there was mutual respect between both of them because they're two, uh, well, three great directors and they both made movies that ended up being nominated for best picture that year yeah um, so i mean can't yeah. hate on either one of them yeah it's just a plug no country for old men i think that's like uh, episode one <laughs> yeah yeah check it out it's our test run episode i think it's still up there but uh it's really it's yeah. just a real test run <laughs> we should probably yeah, yeah. do that I mean, we should do it again i wouldn't mind doing it again. i wouldn't mind doing it i was actually thinking that too like um redoing uh, some of our first episodes yeah, maybe once we this the whole thing is really really fine tuned. Yeah. We can uh, dive deeper in some of the movies that we did earlier that maybe we missed some stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um yeah, so uh jumping a little ahead, um fifteen minute mark is actually when the first words of the first dialogue of the movie is actually spoken. Well, um I noticed uh maybe earlier when he finds the gold he says, There she is. Really? Yeah. Oh, I missed that part. I think yeah. that's uh the first kind of. Oh, okay. All right. So yeah, we can we can say like the the first fifteen minutes are relatively silent. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. the most part. No, yeah, you're right though. For the most part, they, yeah, nothing is really said. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. just kind of uh just doing the work. Yeah, yeah. You gotta just like watch what they're doing and and get the gist of it from there. Yeah, I think you kind of see what they're showing is uh. Just what these these people are doing, like these men are just, uh, you know, they discover something new. Really, you know, they're they're sort of excited. They're uh, mm-hmm. they're they're excited because they're gonna make money. <laughs> yeah, this is like a, the the oil rush, pretty much. This is when it all started. They're showing you how it started and, and what these men had to go through to to make money. Yeah, and really, yeah. it seems like the only person making money in this was probably uh, Daniel Plainview. Yeah, the guy yeah, who puts a... it all together. He has stronghold, a stronghold on this, and it's also. Uh, I would assume that at the same time that he's doing this, the same thing is going on with uh, other industries like the railroads. Mm-hmm. 
you know, they're also coming. And they, he, because he sort of comes in, uh, crosses paths with the railroad people later yeah. on. Yeah, we see that later on. Who and, owns? Everybody's kind of like, everybody is uh, sort of swallowing up as much as they can. You know, like if you're an oil man, you're expanding as fast as you can. Yeah, it, it makes me think of like Monopoly. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, almost like that. Like you buy the railroads if you're into the railroads, and if you if if you really want to make money, you buy all the railroads. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. So in this uh, in the same scene where their um, 1902 just started, we actually got see how Daniel Plainview uh, inherit or adopts this kid uh, H W. Mm-hmm. So there's a two guys in the in the oil they're scooping up oil in the buckets in the, in the well and they're they're you know just hauling it back up and uh it looks like uh, the derrick actually breaks and these huge pieces of heavy 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 wood just falls right down the hole and smashes some guy in the face yeah it i, I assume just kills him pretty probably immediately oh yeah definitely i don't even think he saw it coming yeah he, um, he was the father of the only child there Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They show him, they show him carrying the child earlier in the scene. I don't know if you noticed, but mm-hmm. when I saw it, I didn't know anything. I I didn't really see anything. I didn't think anything of it. Yeah, uh, yeah. And it, you kind of don't recognize him when he's in the well because he has oil all over his face. But later, mm-hmm. you realize that uh, when you see Daniel on the train with the kid, you're like, oh, okay. Well, he didn't have a father. He's he adopted him. Yeah, and he's also kind of nurturing him, and it's uh, yeah, it's you know, it's kind of when you kind of see the whole movie, you sort of kind of think like that. That's a very uncharacteristic uncharacteristic thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, uh, Daniel is uh, sort of like um, he's a loner. He doesn't like people. He no. says it. He has quotes in the movie that says, "I hate most people." Yeah, uh, I want no one else to succeed. He says stuff like that. So when he inherits yeah. this kid you kind of think right away, like, if you haven't seen the movie, you think, like, oh, you know, he's he's a good guy. You know, he's taking care of a, a child that just lost his father, and the baby's maybe, like, one at, at the most. But um, mm-hmm. as the movie progresses and as his character starts to develop, I I saw it more as, like, he just uses him as, like, a token, almost like a uh, – more of a business partner than an actual son. Yeah, he said he, he saw an opportunity and he – and he took it, an opportunity for something that could be lucrative to him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, More people would be susceptible to selling their property to him if they saw that he was a family man. Yeah, and I think that's one of the first lines he says when he's, uh, when he sort of fast forward, I think a couple years later, when uh, HW, which is a name he gives him, I, I think, I don't think they, they even say what his name is. Uh, mm-hmm. Right. No, no, they don't. It's, no, it's just all eight, the whole, the entire movie. They, he goes by HW. Even in the credits, he's uh, HW. He's, yeah, it says HW okay. on there. He doesn't even have a last name. Yeah, when he's at, um, when they go to this town, he presents himself as I'm a family man. Mm-hmm. I, I understand, like that. You know, I understand you is what he's trying to say. I'm just like you. Yeah, yeah. So uh, at that scene, you kind of start to see, um. Daniel Day-Lewis start to nail this character as Daniel Plainview. Uh, he, for people that don't know, Daniel Day-Lewis is, is known as like a, a method actor, which is someone who like envelops a character. He takes the character and he becomes the character. If the character eats steak and whiskey, 
he'll eat steak and whiskey to get yeah. ready for the character. You know, he's someone he, like that. Yeah, he'll live the life of Daniel Plainview, the, mm-hmm. you know, the fictional. Uh, I assume it's a fictional story. I actually didn't look into that. I think it's it's uh, not based on a book, right? Yeah, it was actually based on a novel written by Upton Sinclair called uh, "Oil!" Exclamation <laughs> point. Oh, yeah, she didn't get she didn't get to elaborate with her title. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't have time. Uh, yeah, she was like, "Just call it oil. It'll be fine." <laughs> um, yeah, I read something about that too. That Paul Thomas Anderson was going to name the movie uh, "There Will Be Oil" first. Oh, really? Yeah, and um, that didn't really drive with him, I think. And as just the more and more and more he was kind of going through the story, he was like, he changed it to butt. Like, that seemed more suitable. Oh, okay. All right. Makes sense. Yeah, I like it. I liked it a lot better. Yeah. So, uh, the, the way, um, it kind of setting up uh, this part, like, around, like, 20 minutes, it kind of sets up how he gets to uh, the town that he goes. I think it's called, what, Little Boston? Yeah, the, the area that um, the whole movie basically sort of fo- focuses on. Because I think <laughs> he ends up kind of making a lot of enemies um, there. Or a lot of, uh, it, it changes his life drilling in this, that area. Yeah, yeah. So most of the movie takes place in Little Boston, also known. like It's sort of like, they, the, I was trying to pinpoint exactly what part of California the movie takes place in. I think it's sort of like up there by Bakersfield, and because they name they they mention, I believe Bakersfield. I, I think they do. Yeah, they mention uh, Tehachapi Tehachapi Mountains when uh-huh. he uh, he wants to build the pipeline. He's like, "Why don't you just go around the mountains?" He's like, "You want me to build a pipeline around the Tehachapi Mountains?" Yeah, like so it's that's so, such a stupid. Always oh, like, "Don't be thick." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's sort of near us around there. It's, it's kind of yeah. up there by like Lancaster and all that. Uh, so yeah. I mean, when you go up there today, it, it it's desert still. Yeah, I see that. I can I can see it. Mm-hmm. So um, what happens is uh, Daniel Plainview is met by uh, some random guy that just walks into his office. His name is uh, Paul Sunday. Paul, yes. And tells him, like, what would you give me if I tell you where there's uh, a large amount of oil? Like, it's seeping out of the ground. You don't even have to dig for it. So he gives him, what, uh, 10000 $10, Yeah, he, um, he's trying to sell him on this land, and he doesn't really believe him. He, or he, I guess he believes him, because, I mean, it's sort of possible, and even back in the day, like, how do you know? You know, he can be telling the truth. But it's just, yeah, he, he's trying to get money. He doesn't want to tell him where it is unless he gives him the money. Because I get, I get the sense that he was trying to run away. Like, he, he just wants money and he wants to dip. Paul? Yeah, Sunday. Paul. Oh, yeah, okay. so he, uh, so yeah, he, I think he, he takes him up on the deal and sort of tells him, like, you know, if you're lying to me, I'm going to find you and I'm going to take more than my money back. Oh, I know. That part's crazy. I also think it's weird how his son gets up like in the middle of this whole conversation, and it makes me feel like they're like surrounding him in a way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even like, his son is down to squabble if it yeah. comes down to it. Yeah, he's just like, I gotta hear about this deal. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's how uh, Daniel Plainview ends up in uh, in California. He gives uh, Paul some cash in exchange for information on where there's an abundance of oil, and he moves out there, and. um I mean, that happens around like uh, like 22 minutes or something like that. Yeah, and it's, and it's, um, it's a lot of oil. It's, I think, more than he kind of uh, anticipated. Mm-hmm. Um, because mm-hmm. it, I, from what I, I also got that land and that oil, he got in there pretty much set him up almost for life. Yeah, 
Yeah, it it did. It set him up for life for sure. Like it cut to the end. I, he's living this in the huge, huge mansion after all. But uh, mm-hmm. we'll get to that a little later. Um, so, um, cut a little, uh, going a little forward, uh, he ends up in the town that uh, Eli, uh, Paul sent him to, and he he meets the family the Sunday. He goes to the Sunday ranch and he meets the father, the the mom, and the kids, the girls. But most importantly, this is when we're introduced to a character by the name of Eli Sunday, who mm-hmm. is Paul's twin brother, and uh, he's a church guy. He's a uh, he's a pastor whatever you want to call him he's uh he, he owns his own church in the town yeah i'm guessing it's a small little church right oh super tiny it's they don't... like a little house in the prairie type church but even later when they show the church that he's in and the one that daniel visits um mm-hmm. adam is that the church that he owns like in this scene when they first meet no, because there's a there's a there scene none, in between. Right? Yeah, there's a scene in between now and then when Daniel visits the church, where they show them doing construction on the church. They're expanding. Mm, okay. Yeah. So what I think is a uh, what eventually happens is he takes the money from Daniel to build the church. I don't know if the church is built yet when he gets there. They don't really. No mix, right. I don't really know yet. Because that, um, that's another thing I also felt like um, kind of sort of spoke to his character like. <laughs> at least for me it was almost how he's he i feel i feel like i felt like you're sort of stepping into my story like mm-hmm. like you you're you know, like you're the savior of this town he's like no i'm, I'm supposed to be a savior because i'm the you know i'm the chosen one i'm the chosen one or i'm the priest mm-hmm. or you know whatever like his his mm-hmm. whatever kind of ego he might have in that position mm-hmm. and um, yeah <clears throat> I read that too. He kind of like he tests him a little yeah. to see who's going to back down, but Daniel is not a little bitch. He is not going to back down uh, no, to anyone. <laughs> no, he's going to get what he wants. He's going to get what he came for. Yeah, uh, even if that means going over this little guy. I mean, he's he's small. He has a small stature yeah, <laughs> compared physically. to Daniel. Yeah, <laughs> physically he's smaller than him. Yeah, uh, I think uh, Daniel Day-Lewis is a pretty tall guy. I think he's over six feet. He's like, really? Yeah. Oh man, that's pretty tall, oh, dude. So, yeah, I guess so. Right on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we could take a break right here if you want, okay. and then uh, when we come back, uh, we'll fast forward a little into it, and we'll get into some juicy details when it starts to actually pick up. Yeah, okay, cool. All right. All right. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. Hey, welcome. Um, welcome, welcome. We're still getting into uh, There Will Be Blood right now. Um, so pretty much, uh, kind of skip forward a little ahead. Uh, Daniel Plainview is, uh, has gone to California, and he's gone to the Sunday Ranch under a false impression that he's looking for quail. He's hunting for quail, and he meets up with the Sunday family. And lets them know, like, hey, I'm just camping here with my son. We're looking for quail. Someone told us that this is a good place to camp. So, yeah, so the, the, between now and when they start drilling, they kind of just show Daniel buy up all the land except for one piece of property that's called the uh, the, the Bundy or the Bounty, the Bounty Ranch or something, right? Yeah. So, so uh, I think, was that the part where the guy draws up a map of uh, the area? Yeah, yeah, where he's uh, he visits the real estate agent of the town, 
and he tells them how much is that uh six dollar an acre and there's like 600 acres so that's like 1200 dollars for 600 mm-hmm. acres which is not bad <laughs> so <Fuck> no imagine <laughs> so he, he he tells them is every is everything here able to get got he said he words it a little different that always stuck with me but but he pretty much tells him like can can i buy everything is everything able to purchase he's like pretty much yeah he yeah it's pretty insane dude yeah yeah so instantly buys up all these farms and uh and calls in his crew and they all arrive by train mm-hmm. to uh to get uh to get working he promised them 10 days to mm-hmm. start drilling and it looks like it's he gets it's moving pretty fast and um mm-hmm. in between all that time that everything is getting built the the, the what, what did you call it the that big thing that drops oh the, the um the uh, the Derek. The Derek. There it is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. While they're building, um, he's you know telling still kind of uh telling everyone the things he's gonna build and he's painting them a picture of the future and and how bright it's gonna look after the after the Derek is built and after oil is struck. Mm-hmm. He he uh he kind of calls a town hall meeting with everybody. You know, mm-hmm. open open town hall meeting to let everybody in the town know what he's there to do. And gives them this fantastic speech that, fun fact, another another pat fact, <laughs> that speech was completely improvised. What the hell? Yeah, that entire speech, he, I'm telling you, man, like, like Daniel Day-Lewis became Daniel Plainview. And he was in character almost 100% of the time. And yeah, he just, the, uh, Paul, the, the director, just let it fly and said, "You know what? Just give that speech to the to the town." And yeah, everything he tells them was completely just made up on the spot. About, um, I think that's when he mentions the the bread and stuff like that, and, mm-hmm. and the church and schools and stuff like that. He's like, "Your town is not only going to survive; it's going to flourish." Wow. And uh, and yeah, man, that was that was all Daniel Day Lewis right there. I didn't know that. that's pretty impressive. Um, yeah. Good speech, I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> he sells it. He, he uh, I mean, in a way, it's all tr- truth in some sense, right? Like, yeah, because I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure that da- the town does profit off of of an oil man coming to town and, mm-hmm. and digging up all their oil. You know? Yeah, it, I think it all just kind of um, also a lot of rely on on the guy. Mm-hmm. And Daniel, I think, was that guy. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think at, at that part of the when he's giving that town hall meeting, I really start to notice his speech and his cadence and the way he presents himself, and he's just a strong, confident oil man. He and he had, I always like the, the 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 line he says. He's like, "I'd be lying to you if I tell you I wasn't an oil man." <laughs> <laughs> he always like he brings that up like twice, <laughs> and it just I mean I I just love hearing him talk and and the the. The, the speech he gave him. He's just fun to listen to. Yeah. <laughs> it, it gets more fun, I think, throughout the movie when he gets a little more, like, belligerent and, uh, like, you do notice him drinking more. <laughs> yeah. Again, again, like, more character development as, as the movie goes on. You don't see him really, like, you take, you see him take one drink at the beginning of the movie when, when, uh, the, when he, uh, adopts the baby yeah when he's still a grunt like when he's he's still mm-hmm. getting his hands like dirty when he can't really afford the whiskey you know <laughs> yeah or that's all he can't afford <laughs> like you know just, yeah. just getting fucked up 
but then yeah. once everything kind of like you know he makes his money and his business started he gets pretty clean cut Dave's uh mm-hmm. you know he's a businessman yeah through and through. yeah yeah um so what ends up happening he he builds a Derek uh he he has a lot of a couple altercations with with Eli and I I thought it was so awkward when Eli walks into his office and he tells him like Hey, uh, how you doing, Daniel? And Daniel's just like, I'm good. And then Eli just goes on by saying, uh, Do you need anything from me? Uh, no, not really. We're good. <laughs> yeah, like, what the hell can you offer me? <laughs> yeah, it's just like, why, why are you in here? Why, are you, why are you part of this? You're not. You just go back to your church, almost. You know, just yeah, through. Go do your own thing. Let me, let me do my thing, mm-hmm. and everything's gonna be fine. But Eli insists on on blessing the Derek and he tells him like, can you call me up there when you, Oh, well, he, first thing you should know that Daniel Plainview, uh, plans on holding like a, um, a ceremony almost to, uh, unveil the Derek and to start it back up. Yeah. Like invites the entire town, like a grand opening type of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. To cut the ribbon. And, and that's when Eli tells him like, can you invite me up there to, to bless it? You can, you can, uh, introduce me and I'll go up there to be a quick blessing. Yeah, and even throughout this, up until this point, um, well, throughout the whole movie, you kind of notice that Daniel sort of has a sort of a disdain for like the church or any kind of like praying or. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. He, he's, super, he's not into it. No, he's super resistant. Like uh, Eli tries to hold his hand during there with uh, the father when he sold the ranch to kind of just, I guess, sort of you know, just a little prayer, and he. Yeah. He looks right away, like pulls his hand from him and makes this kind of like fart face. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I noticed that too. I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah, it is pretty funny, <laughs> obviously. And, um, yeah, which I, I mean, I sort of I get it. It's weird in a way. Um, especially if with all his intentions and everything, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like, like the extreme liar and then sort of the extreme, like, like we just give thanks, just give thanks. He's like, nah. you know, it, he's kind of torn between because he, he can only be one type of person, and that's that's the guy that he is, you know. Like, uh. mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's not into all that, and I I get it. If if someone were to, I kind of feel the same way. I don't know if I would pull my hand away. <laughs> yeah, I know I'm at it. If someone came up to me and was just like grab my hand and be like, here, let's pray, I'd be like, what what are you doing? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, nah, I'm alright, man. No. I'm alright. Yeah. Go, ahead, go for it, though. Just, just shoot them away. <laughs> um, <laughs> so they start up the, they do the ceremony. They start up the Derek and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And we actually do get to see a uh, a scene where someone actually uh, dies. Yeah, so there's, they're, there's, they're an there's, there's an accident. Mm-hmm. There's an accident in the town. And uh, the guys are working up there, and I, I, I wanted to ask you: Does do do they know that that guy is down there? Yeah, um, they knew. They you, they knew he was down. Yeah, there? they knew. But if you notice the guy, he was pulling away. That he was supposed to attach something else to it. But when he's pulling it away, his hand slips from the that rod because you know it's it's mm-hmm. full of dirt and oil. So I'm, I mean, I guess it's slippery, but whatever. He's pulling it back, and it slips from his hand. And it swings back and it hits the the rod that was kind of hanging on the wood and it it just knocks it down. Mm, okay, yeah, I, I saw that. And the part, the reason I asked was because 
after they wake up Daniel from hey, he's passed out drunk, that's the first time you kind of actually see his, uh, his alcoholism take over. Yeah, and I think that had to do with the ceremony, the opening ceremony. I think that kind of drove him a little. Bit. Um, skipping ahead a little. Um, so, uh, I mean, there's a lot of little scenes in the middle in between uh, when uh, they, there's an accident around like 53 minutes. Yeah, the, and, the uh, whole thing that happens with that is just there's an accident and uh, Eli kind of gets all like, oh, you know, this wouldn't have happened if uh, you had prayed or some shit like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I, I feel like he, he's the one that's kind of driving Daniel sort of fucking mad in a way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, he's, he's, he's the uh, thorn in his side. That's yeah. like everything would be going as planned. Like he'd be having a good day if it wasn't for Eli. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like every day he's he's doing something to just antagonize him and just like push him over the edge. Yeah. So for for the most part, everything going after that is just kind of showing all the little all the little ways he's just jabbing at his his side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There you go. You put it good. Um, but um. If we can fast forward a little to uh, almost like an hour exactly, this is the scene that probably my favorite scene in the entire movie. Uh, the scene that I think really just this is the center of the movie. This is when it all starts to get real. <laughs> yeah, this this uh, no pun intended, but just things up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so they they show the Derek. Uh, they show the men working on it. They're uh, handling, uh, what is it? just going up and down, just digging oil in and out. And uh, this is the scene where they actually strike oil. So what happens is one of the workers hits a gas pocket mm-hmm. in the ground and uh, it blows up on them and knocks HW back. He's, he's up there watching the men work and he knocks him on his ass. Yeah, and- uh, he gets blasted with I don't know how much force. Like It, it literally knocked Woods off of the... The, the 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 structure like it's you know these things are nailed on and it blasts like he's on it and it throws him off and um yeah mm-hmm. you could you could you could sort of tell that he's he's injured in a way uh, yeah he, he immediately starts holding his head yeah yeah and then that's when you know something's wrong but you don't know what yet and out comes oil from the ground just yeah like a fire hose of oil probably <laughs> eighty feet in the air just aim straight uh, up just yeah, it's higher. It's higher than it's shooting higher than the Derek. And I read that the Derek was built eighty feet tall. Oh shit! So, so yeah, damn. so it's maybe ninety, ninety-five, a hundred feet in the air. It's, it's shooting really, out pretty it's, tall. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah, and it's actually built in the ground. What you're seeing on on the film is no CGI, no special effects. The mm-hmm. only special effects that I heard that they that they used was. In this scene, when the oil shoots from the ground and explodes through the top of the derrick, I think those little pieces of wood that you see fly out the top, I think that's special effects. Mm-hmm. But other than that, actual real derrick, uh, it's not real oil. That's the stuff. That's the uh, that milkshake. food grade uh, milkshake. Yeah. Okay. Shooting from the ground <laughs> with, with food coloring. But um, yeah, that's, a, that's another thing that, that uh, the director, Peter... Uh, Paul, sorry, Paul mm-hmm. likes to likes to do is all real shots, all real fire, everything one hundred percent real, as much as you can, pretty much. Yeah, that's cool. That's uh, I like movies like that. Yeah, yeah, and I I think it's really cool once you once you know all this stuff and you go back and rewatch this scene, and and you see the guy climbing on top of the roof to save his son with all that stuff falling on him and yeah, 
it's really it's really gnarly. I remember, uh, although I kept thinking, I was like, this is oil. Wouldn't it be, like, super slippery? Like, <laughs> Oh, that's true, huh? Yeah, he wouldn't be able to scale that, that, wooden, that wooden wall that fast. Yeah, um, I, mean, I mean, who knows? I don't know. I've never handled oil like that, but... We're not watching it with sound right now, uh, mm-hmm. but this is uh, probably my favorite track out of the entire movie. Is, yeah, the, those sticks, like those little sticks kind of banging. Yes, yes, exactly yeah. what I thought. I thought I thought of those. Uh, it's an actual instrument they sell. Like you can pick them up like at Sam Ash, but it's like two uh, cylinder sticks that you just knock together. Clink, mm-hmm. clink, clink, clink. Yes, it reminded me of that. But uh, soundtrack, original soundtrack was done by Johnny Greenwood uh, of Radiohead. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, he's a guitarist and keyboardist of Radiohead. He did the entire soundtrack to the movie and the track on... Uh, you can look it up on iTunes or Spotify, but the track used in this scene was called Proven Lands, which um, I thought was a pretty good title. I thought it suited the scene well. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's actually that's a song that I also have in my uh, phone that I really like. Yeah, yeah. Or, so, uh, yeah, shout or... out to Johnny Greenwood on this. He was, um, I heard that he wasn't eligible, though, to win an Oscar or to even be nominated because he had used, I don't know what track it was or, or what's, sample or whatever but he had used some tracks from a previous soundtrack he did in this movie mm. well, yeah, that's kind so... of uh, lame uh... yeah but i mean who really i mean who would have really noticed you know yeah. yeah it was just kind of a lame rule but he he definitely deserved a nomination for for this movie yeah no yeah for um, sure so uh moving along this scene hw gets knocked back uh, Daniel runs to his rescue, pulls him out, and uh, pulls him into uh, pulls him away from the well and into his office. puts him, lays him down on the table, and he knows something's wrong. He's asking him like, "What's hurting? What's mm-hmm. wrong? Like, where do you feel it? Uh, or where are you hurt?" And he's not replying. Um, so he leaves him with his uh, his trusty partner Fletcher. Mm-hmm. And then because out from behind him, the well, the oil well catches fire. So now it's not just oil spewing from the ground. 85 feet in the air it's now also it's, fire yeah now it's like a, a dragon flame yeah it's just like... shooting out in the air yeah, yeah. and as he's asking him he kind of you sort of get a clue as to what might be wrong with him and um yeah he's like what's wrong and he just says i can't hear my voice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh yeah that, that was right there huh i thought it was when he comes back but but yeah you're right he yeah. does say that i can't hear my voice i can't hear my voice yeah and yeah he um so yeah, after that, after he kind of sees, he's just like, wait for me, I got to go handle this. And um, yeah, it mm-hmm. looks like all the workers are running out, running out to the, to the Derek and trying to knock it down, trying to put this fire out. Yeah, yeah. So um, some things you should note when you're watching this scene is that they originally wanted to use a steel Derek and then you can just varnish it with some sort of flammable substance. Okay. And uh, and when they light it on fire, it'll light and. You'd be a control, a controlled like. A, not, yeah, controlled, but also reusable. Oh, okay. Yeah, they'll be able to put the fire out, revarnish it, and then shoot another scene from a different angle. Mm-hmm. But Paul, being the uh, aesthetically pleasing director that he is, he decided uh, to just fuck it, make it out of wood, and we burn it once, and we'll get the shot. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what they did. So what you're seeing when uh, the Derek gets completely engulfed in flames is actually real. It's real wood. Everything there is um, no special effects. Yeah, that's cool. All fire is real. And um, 
I thought it was pretty cool. Thought it was a nice little touch to it when you rewatch it. Yeah, uh, I think you kind of sometimes you can just see it. Like, I mean, it looks pretty real. It doesn't, that doesn't look fake. No, 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 and you, you can notice how windy it is. Yeah, that, actually, I think that's what it makes was... it look real. Is all the smoke, the way that smoke is coming out of there. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't actually supposed to happen. Uh, it was a, they were planning on like having the smoke go straight up, and that's kind of like what I told you is that that smoke <laughs> fucked up some of the Coen Brothers shots for uh, <laughs> for um, uh, No Country for Old Men mm-hmm. because it was a particularly windy day, the day they decided to uh, light this. it up. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so it kind of messed up some shots. Um, but yeah, man, I, I thought this was a pretty good scene. Going yeah. back to uh, kind of what you said about uh, the guys attempting to chop it down. We're watching it right now. I know you guys can't watch it, but this part where uh, Fletcher's cutting the, cutting the rope to the, uh, the Derek mm-hmm. and Daniel runs behind him, that was also improvised. He wasn't supposed to run behind him and touch him, and he almost gets whacked by, a, by the by hammer. His, this, yeah, by the hammer. If you can see it right now, he's kind of like, oh, he kind of gets yeah. surprised a little that he kind of touched him in the back. <laughs> yeah. Shit. Damn, imagine would have fucking popped him in the head and like knocked his teeth out of his shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cool, though. I, I mean, these are little facts that I, I read about and I just love to go back and rewatch it and see it. No, it's cool because right yeah. here, this this little part that we're at right now, too, is such a cool mm-hmm. shot. And I think you you can see the light reflecting from the lens, like uh, if that's a real mm-hmm. lens. Like... <laughs> yeah, on the, on, the, on the edges, on the left and the right of the screen. Yeah. If you guys notice that uh, around like when it gets dark, one hour, one hour, four minutes, you can cut to that and you'll, you'll see it. Uh, the lens really captures the, the true fiery flame and you can see it just glaring off of it on the sides. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, you can, I, I think you can tell that it's, there's no set lights, uh, especially after you kind of already know. Uh, but I, I, I always kind of figured that because I don't know, just the way that it looks like you just look at that, that still shot right there. Mm-hmm. And, like everything's just coming from that big flaming tower. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that that's, fucking rad man and then i even like the uh the, the reaction shots that the camera gets of fletcher and daniel as they're just sitting there watching it burn all that like you said is just real real shots there's real flames uh reflecting off of their face yeah like their their face expressions of like you know when mm-hmm. you feel something hot in your face and you're just kind of making that scrunched up look like that's <laughs> that's all their faces mm-hmm. yeah like uh, at this shot that i have it uh, actually uh paused on um, they show the entire crew out there looking at the fire, and one thing you should note is that all of the, all of the uh, the cameramen all had a protective fire gear on oh, because wow. it was so hot. Yeah. yeah, it was so hot. There's this 80 foot flame burning in front of you, and uh, they got to get as close as they can. And <clears throat> the actors, all they have is their uh, actor uniform on. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. So they the cameramen have to be like they're probably getting even closer. I would imagine. Yeah, they're a little farther back. There's a, there's a good shot of uh, over the. It's called like an over the shoulder shot, mm-hmm. uh, where all the actors are looking at the flame and the cameras behind them, and you just see their backs. But you sort of see their silhouettes, and they're all kind of covering their face. They can feel the heat. That's yeah. that's real. <laughs> yeah, it's a really cool, really cool scene, especially when it gets dark and the sun goes down. They 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 did a really good job getting all the shots, all the reaction shots. Um. 
But yeah, man, that was hands down my favorite scene of the entire movie. Yeah, this is cool. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's contenders. There's definitely two, three more contenders. <laughs> but um, yeah, this is a really good, really good, really good job. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, this fire basically runs its course, and um, I they 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 put it out right. Uh, I don't think it's this part, but they let the fire burn as much as it can. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Daniel's pretty excited. He's uh, the his his partner is the one that looks a little gloomed out for some reason. I think he feels like uh, I don't know. He might be thinking about HW, but Daniel's pretty ecstatic. He's like, dude, they wiped that frown off your face. We're, we're rich. Yeah, yeah. And that's when you kind of see uh, again a little bit more character development in Daniel. You start to feel like. Like HW is just a business partner to him because uh, Fletcher asks him like, uh, "How's HW? Is he okay?" Mm-hmm. And very bluntly, uh, Daniel just says, "No, he's not going to be okay." Yeah, just like that, no emotion, no nothing. I mean, this is his, his calls him his son. Yeah, and uh, Fletcher looks a little bit more worried about him than than Daniel does, but Daniel is just ecstatic that they found an ocean of oil underneath them. Yeah. Oh, it's right. Is HWK? He's like, no, he isn't. No, he isn't. Yeah, see right there. Um, so they end up knocking the Derek down, and they put out the flame by oh, uh, uh, inserting dynamite yeah, like, into the, uh, like the actual. Mm-hmm. So what I read was dynamite actually sucks the oxygen out of the fire. Uh, of the fire. Yeah. So it suffocates the 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 flame, and they put it out. Yeah, I, oh, that was this? a very common way they would. Yeah, very. It, I read that it was a common way to uh, stop anything like that. I thought. Um, I I assumed that they were uh, burying the hole with like dirt or something. Oh no no no! They they because they still need the hole. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's good. <laughs> they still need to dig it up. <laughs> yeah, but maybe I don't know. This is just you know shit we read on the internet. Yeah, but you guys all know. <laughs> is this uh okay? Guys, guys. These barrel things into there, and uh, after after that whole incident, basically now you just see a lot of the struggles with HW, and because he he's deaf, but I mean I don't think he f- understands, you know. No, he doesn't. Uh, I don't think he really knows what's going on, and it's kind of sad when he when Daniel ends up doing that. He ends up like there's a scene where he just gives him a uh, milk with like a shit ton of like. Liquor. whiskey in it yeah, yeah he basically just yeah, keeps him drunk liquor. yeah and puts him to bed and makes him which chug. i don't know it, it's so funny because like i don't even understand why he's doing that like he's not sick he's not uh hurt in like a physical way or or like a fever or anything you know he's just deaf he just can't he just can't communicate with them but like like he can't even put the effort into <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. You know, pay that much attention to him to to really pay that much attention. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I think he was just trying to put him like at ease, sort of, just so mm-hmm. he doesn't stop worrying or stop getting in the way while he does his job. Yeah, because he also he also seemed a little annoyed by the way he he would lay down and kind of hum to himself to try to hear his voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was trying to tell him like, "Stop it! Stop uh-huh. it now!" He was already getting annoyed, and he just just found out he was deaf. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, so he's struggling with that, and uh, but pretty much overall, though they they did what they wanted to do. They struck oil, and now it's time to cash in, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now the fun starts. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But Eli, on the other hand, is still waiting for his money. Yeah, he's uh, in, he's approaching Daniel. Yeah, he still owes. Uh, he still needs money from Daniel, money that he's promised. Yeah, and uh, I, I, we talked about this scene. You want to go ahead and explain it? I think this is one of your so, favorite scenes. <laughs> yeah, I like this part. So yeah, so Eli is kind of. Uh, I'm assuming he's mad, and he's he's walking up to to Daniel. They're looking at each other from like a distance, and he's walking up to him so like vindictively, like you do. You owe me. <laughs> and Daniel just him down, and he wants his his money. I think it was five thousand. Yeah, yeah, I think it was five. Yeah, he's asking like, "Where's my money?" But uh, yeah, he's not gonna, he's not gonna give it to him. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. On the contrary, he Daniel gives him an uh, ass yeah. whooping of his lifetime. Uh, but it doesn't even like, doesn't even. It's he's not, even, not like, punching a... him. No, he's just making him look like a fucking kid, man. He's just slapping him around, tossing him to the dirt, and <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty much a fight between a man and a newborn baby. Like, you can, like, <laughs> see how that would go down, and that's pretty much how this fight went down. Yeah. The... <laughs> Maybe not a newborn. Maybe, like, a two-year-old. Because <laughs> <laughs> there is a little bit of a struggle. Yeah, there's a little bit. Minor, but futile. Yeah, but he's just, he doesn't even beat him up. He just wears him out. Like, he yeah. ends up just throwing, he, uh, Daniel throws Eli into the mud and just feeds him mud and and just wears them out. It's kind of like when two UFC fighters go to the ground and they're just like rubbing elbows on each other's faces. You know, that wears you out. You get gassed. And he he gassed them out pretty fast in like good 30 seconds in the mud. And that's it. It's over. And that one punch, it was like five slaps and just a tussle in the mud and he's done. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, I think he's, he's just pissed at him because he's like, do your little fucking church shit now. Like, you know, like, what are you going to do for, like, save him? Like, mm-hmm. like you know, like, the way he kind of, cause he, when they show, I don't, I think we might have gone over that part, but whenever he does his, his, uh, his sermon, he, it's very, very exaggerated. Yeah, yeah, you can imagine. It's kind of like those ones you could see on, like, uh, YouTube clips where they're just like, devil be gone, and they're performing yeah. exorcisms in the middle of the church, and people are up and... And uh, chanting yeah. and whatnot. Yeah, it's like some almost like some televangelist kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know if you want to still continue from here or. Yeah, we could probably take a break. This is going to be a two-part episode, so um. Yeah, this is we'll, a pretty long movie. Or yeah. there's a lot of small things behind. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to uh, unravel here. So um, yeah, man, we could take a break, and uh, we'll be back uh, next week for part two. Yep. So stay tuned, guys. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And if you guys want, uh, this uh, movie is streaming on Netflix. So check it out and then uh, listen to the podcast and wait for next week's. And um, we'll pick it up from there. Right on, man. Sounds good. All right, man. Good talk. See you next week. Later. Later.